What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon. And right before we get into today's conversation with Melanie Diesel from Story Fuel, I like what she did there. Last name Diesel, Story Fuel. I think it works. Um, but um, I'm, I, I want to run an experiment with about five small or medium to small size businesses. Now, I've been doing this thing like with podcasting and using it as a prospecting tool by connecting with thought leaders as well as my clients. And conversations that happen after the show have been epic. They've been really interesting. And the relationships that I have with my clients are that much tighter because we get on the show and we just talk about whatever they want to talk about, promote their business, and you know, dig up any industry insight that I can. So one, it leaves me and my team a little more educated. Two, got a deeper relationship. So the lines for a referral or to make sure that we're doing our part is, are definitely open. And honestly, it's just number three, it's a way to cut through a lot of the garbage, man, out there like that we're doing in advertising and marketing. So I'm looking for three people minimum. Five is all I can handle uh, to test the, out this theory that I've done with Elevation Medical that I want to do and with other companies. And I'm just going to do it at cost. I'm not going to really make money here. We're just going to take the next, the, the, bare bones minimum to kind of get it up and going. And I want to do it for three companies at least. Uh, five is the max so I can handle with with me and my small team of two to really get things cranked out. So if you're interested in doing that, shoot me over a, a message at info at salesculture.work. You can shoot me an email and say, hey, I'm interested. Give it to me at cost. Don't play any games. And I'll make sure to take care of you. All right, let's get into today's convo with Melanie Diesel. I think that both advertising and content work best when they're in some sort of partnership together. So, so often we think that it's this choice between one or the other, but oftentimes they can complement each other so well. So for the, the clinic that you're talking about, sure, you could run banner ads and, and Facebook ads or whatever you decide to run that clicks over to you know, a purchase page or a product page. The chances of that converting are, as we all know, pretty small. How many of us see a banner ad, click on it, and then immediately make a purchase, right? It's often a much longer thought process for us, particularly if it's you know a service like that, acupuncture. If I'm finding it via an ad and not via searching, I'm probably not going from, wow, I've never thought about getting acupuncture before to sign me up. No, no further questions, right? Something like that. There's, there's a research phase. There's a consideration, a consideration phase. And so what would probably be more beneficial is to run ads leading to content that is informative and helps people move further down that funnel. So, you know, for example, I've got a, I've got a 10 month old. So, you know, Facebook and the whole internet knows that I'm a new mom. And if I were to get a targeted ad, and, and I'm not far from Charlotte, so maybe I'd be in the demographic, I could get a targeted ad that says how acupuncture can help new moms. And I'd say, huh, that's weird. I hadn't thought of how acupuncture might be helpful. Let me click that. I read the article that your client wrote about the various ways you could help with certain types of pain or, or stress or whatever else that's particular to me. And then I say, wow, okay, I had never thought about this before, but it seems like it's a great fit for me. I'm going to dig further and maybe schedule an appointment or, or a, you know, a consultation of some kind. I probably wouldn't have just seen an ad that said 
get acupuncture now and been like, sure, that sounds great. But, you know, <laughs> being guided by some helpful content down that path, I get closer to that purchase point. And so that combination of creating really valuable content and then using smart ad targeting to serve it up to potential customers who are the right fit is probably the best way to balance those two things. I love how you set that up. I mean, I, I mean, because you're absolutely right, because a lot of times what we do, boom, and, and we are recording. So I'm really excited to have Melanie Diesel with us today. I mean, you know, this is something that, man, during all this madness that's going on, it's great to have a system in place. <laughs> right that's for sure yeah wanna, i mean if there's anything that like that could really help people get through challenging times is to have something already laid out a nice easy place that you can keep moving forward on so i want to welcome you on to the podcast thank you so much well, thanks for having me here and yeah those those systems i think are so key especially when we have so much uncertainty like we all do right now mm -hmm. having something reliable that you could fall back on you know even for just one little part of your life can be if not just a productivity hack, it's definitely like a mental health hack to be like, I don't have to worry about this one thing, at least. <laughs> definitely from the whole mental space. I mean, you know, um, it's really cool that we are talking a lot more about mental health and we're changing that whole narrative behind it. It's not, you know, people that are just talking to themselves in the street anymore. Everybody has some form that, they, that we should all be working on. Even if you're at your peak, right, you can always get yeah. higher. Um, That's right. So, so, you know, Give us a little bit of background on yourself. Give us a little bit of context because I really believe that you have some great insight for small business owners. That's, that's the majority of the people I'm working with. And those guys are maxed out. But I, I, really want to, uh, I really want the audience to really learn more about you first and then we'll dive in. For sure. So, you know, what I do now is I help small business owners, marketers, and creators really learn how to tell their story. And not so much from a branding perspective. I'm not going to tell you who you are as an organization, but really how do you convey who you are to other people through content? And for some people, that's a podcast, a blog, a, you know, whatever, videos, whatever it may be that you, that you use to put your story out into the world. And I come to that from a background as a journalist. So, you know, I studied journalism, both investigative reporting, so really on the hard news side and arts and cultural criticism. So all the way to the other side, you know, the, the softer stuff. And, you know, what I learned there was so many skills that are really practical for those of us who didn't have that journalism education, you know, marketers, small business owners, we have to figure out how do we interview our customers? How do we find stories hidden in our, in our day to day? How do we convey information to our audience in a way that they can understand and take action? And so I found that I was able to take those things I learned as a journalist uh, and help brands put it into action. So I did that at the New York Times, at uh, Huffington Post, at Time Incorporated, where I would help our brand partners tell their stories through content on all of our platforms. And for the last five years, I've been doing it one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in my own uh, started started story fuel, which is how we do that more directly with uh, brands, entrepreneurs, creators of all kinds. Love it, love it. So, so what was the uh, catalyst that kind of got you out of journalism into like this, you know, being an entrepreneur? I think, like for a lot of people, it was necessity. If I'm being totally honest, you know, I I was graduating from graduate school, so I went back and and you know studied in graduate school. When I got out, it was the midst of all newsrooms were downsizing, they were going through layoffs, you know, we were moving everything digital. And so there were fewer jobs. And 
I just found that I was having a really hard time, you know, finding the kind of role that I, that I was hoping for, you know, working in the, for a newspaper, for a magazine. Um, but what I did see is that there were a lot of opportunities in marketing. I think as things went digital, as we've all seen, there was a lot more types of marketing that needed to be handled for all these organizations. And so it was sort of a light bulb moment for me of saying, okay, I can take these things that I thought I would apply in journalism, you know, how to find stories, how to interview people, how to, you know, educate an audience and, and bring stories to life in all these different ways. And I can put those to use on the marketing side, you know, and so it was really just necessity of figuring out what, okay, how am I still going to do this thing that I love, even when, you know, there's fewer and fewer jobs out there to do it. I love that. I love that. I mean, because, you know, I mean, this is probably a place that I think that a lot of people are probably kind of playing with now, right? With everything going right. on. And, and, yeah. and so, so, you know, um, was it, a, was it something that you and your colleagues were easily able to kind of find or was it something that kind of took some poking around and maybe trying to experiment and really try to hack away at different processes to figure out what's the right, what's the right mix there for like small. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think I got lucky in that it was a recruiter who said like, Hey, your skills kind of match, right? Like I know we were looking for this kind of job, but there's these other kind of jobs that might be a fit. And so for me, that was sort of the realization of, okay, yeah, she's, she's got a point there. You know, I could do the same kind of work just for a different boss. Right. And I think so many of the things that I've done throughout my career and with the clients that I advise is it comes from that open-mindedness, that willingness to do something that maybe you hadn't thought of in the first place and try something new. And so I, I really have a policy of, of trying to be open to the unexpected possibilities, which I know can sound like a really big idea, but I just mean that sometimes an opportunity you weren't expecting comes knocking. And if you're totally close-minded to it, you could miss a huge opportunity. So at least being open to trying new platforms, trying new things, you know, testing things out, experimenting you know there's so many ways you could discover something that works really well for you that you never planned melanie you just said a mouthful right there i mean like i mean like honestly <laughs> i mean seriously i mean because to me that is that is it right during these moments any moment in life honestly i mean yeah. i'm, I'm kind of sitting here but but this is you know good times crazy times whatever i mean having that open mindset to at least um see what else is out there and I think you also did something else that was key. You also worked with somebody else that saw that in you, right? So they were able to kind of kind yeah. of give a guidance, right? I think that twofold is really, really uh, crucial. A hundred percent. And I think we can find that kind of relationship with someone in different parts of our life. So, you know, it might be, it might be your business partner. It might be your life partner. It might be a mentor, a coach, you know, someone in a mastermind. There's so many different places where you could find that kind of perspective. I think it's, it is really important that sometimes the people sort of outside of our immediate perspective can, can really help us make a big decision like that. You know, another great example of that is it was actually my, my husband who was at that point, just my boyfriend who saw that I had an opportunity to do this work for myself, not to just work within a company, but he said, you know, there are so many brands that could use your help and you're going to have to do it one by one job by job, unless you sort of have this entrepreneurial spirit and you're able to work with them all at the same time or many at the same time. And I don't think I ever would have seen it that way. I always was thinking, okay, I helped this company like on to the next job, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was his outside perspective that said, I think you're a consultant and you just don't realize it. I love that. I love that, man. So what's his background? If you don't mind me prying in on. So he's, yeah. he's um, more the business side. So he has a background in finance, uh, having worked at like JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley and those types of organizations. And he works now as the CEO of a fantasy football app. Uh, oh, so he's, he's in the tech space business. <laughs> well, you could, you, you could use the app. Go for that's, it. That's, that's, it's a fantasy life app. <laughs> 
Love it. I, I mean, I mean, well, you, you know, I mean, honestly, everything you're saying is, is really, I believe, valuable to the audience because finding those outside voices, being open to them, you know, like, because that's yeah. a part of it as well. Uh, and so, you know, so let me just kind of give you a real world example. I think this would be really fun for everyone. So um, I work with a clinic out of Charlotte, North Carolina, actually. And it's mm -hmm. one of those women's health, you know, acupuncture type of clinic, small business style. But, you know, they're like, man, let's just let's just run ads because it's easy advertising. We'll throw up a couple pictures, we'll do some banner stuff, we'll do some radio stuff, and we'll drop 10 to 12K, right? And I'm like, guys, yeah, we could, but if we could build a brand over time with some content, I think that will pay off more dividends. Yes, it is a time commitment. Yes, it's expensive. How do you have those advertising versus content marketing conversations? I think that both advertising and content work best when they're in some sort of partnership together. So, so often we think that it's this choice between one or the other, but oftentimes they can complement each other so well. So for the, the clinic that you're talking about, sure, you could run banner ads and, and Facebook ads or whatever you decide to run that clicks over to you know, a purchase page or a product page. The chances of that converting are, as we all know, pretty small. How many of us see a banner ad, click on it, and then immediately make a purchase, right? It's often a much longer thought process for us, particularly if it's you know, a service like that, acupuncture, if I'm finding it via an ad and not via searching, I'm probably not going from, wow, I've never thought about getting acupuncture before to sign me up. No, no further questions, right? Something like that. There's, there's a research phase. There's a consideration, a consideration phase. And so what would probably be more beneficial is to run ads leading to content that is informative and helps people move further down that funnel. So, you know, for example, I've got a I've got a 10 month old. So, you know, Facebook and the whole internet knows that I'm a new mom. And if I were to get a targeted ad and, and I'm not far from Charlotte, so maybe I'd be in the demographic, I could get a targeted ad that says how acupuncture can help new moms. And I'd say, huh, that's weird. I hadn't thought of how acupuncture might be helpful. Let me click that. I read the article that your client wrote about the various ways it could help with certain types of pain or, or stress or whatever else that's particular to me. And then I say, wow, okay, I had never thought about this before, but it seems like it's a great fit for me. I'm going to dig further and maybe schedule an appointment or, or a, you know, a consultation of some kind. I probably wouldn't have just seen an ad that said, get acupuncture now and been like, sure, that sounds great. But, you know, <laughs> being guided by some helpful content down that path, I get closer to that purchase point. And so that combination of creating really valuable content and then using smart ad targeting to serve it up to potential customers who are the right fit is probably the best way to balance those two things. I love how you set that up. I mean, I, I mean, because you're absolutely right. Because a lot of times what we do, and I'm, you know, they're one of my clients, so I'm working with them and, and there's a multiple thoughts in the room, right? And we normally yeah. tend to go to our corners and we're like, oh, it's either black or white. We either got to do that or we don't do content, you know? And it's like, it's, it's this siloed mentality that we just kind of go to either side as if there's not something in yeah. the middle. And what you said in the middle probably will have the best return. Yeah, well, and people sometimes have the same discussion when it comes to like search engine optimization, SEO, and they say, well, okay, we're going all in on search, like forget Facebook ads, forget everything else. We're just going to put all our money into buying up keywords. And that's really great for everyone who starts their journey with a search, but not all of your customers or potential customers start their journey that way. So, I mean, you hear a lot of conversation around the marketing mix. And so I think for small businesses, especially when you're trying to distribute your risk. Most of us don't have unlimited funds to just put all of our eggs in one basket, right? So 
being able to spread things around, try a little bit of, you know, buy a few keywords and buy a few Facebook ads and write a few articles and test things out to see what works. And then as you get that data that says, okay, these keywords didn't work, let's try some different ones. Okay, this piece of content performed really well. Let's make more content like that. You know, you can continue to, to optimize based on what your customers and their data is telling you is working versus what your corner tells you is the only solution. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But everybody in my corner, those guys are for me. Those guys are the best. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I mean, I mean, so, you know, if, if you don't mind, I mean, because I think one of the things that I'm realizing about how you operate is that is that systematic way of not all or nothing, but there's a process right. that you want to think, take people through when trying to, to actually roll out content. And small business owners, you, you already know how this goes. You're like, man, I don't got time to think about content. I mean, I'm not sure what to write. I, I wrote five blogs. They're my, that's all I got. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know? It is one of those. Really, that's enough. That's it. I mean, so do yeah. you mind just kind of walking through? Because you had a couple great points between what to focus on versus the format. And I think that's a great thing for small businesses to really tap into. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, you know, I recently wrote a book called The Content Fuel Framework, How to Generate Unlimited Story Ideas. And, you know, the whole thing we were trying to do there was give folks like small business owners, like marketers, this kind of system that's easy because if you haven't been trained in how to come up with content ideas, you know, journalism, communications or similar, then you don't know where to start. And you might just go with a few quick ideas and then you run out of steam, right? And that can sometimes convince us that I don't have the skills or I'm not good enough. I'm not creative enough. And like, that's total, totally bogus. Like we're not, we're not going down that path. Everyone's got it in their head. So the only thing you really need to know is that every content piece, no matter where you publish it, no matter what it's about, it has two components. The first is a focus. It's about something, right? The content has to be about something. There's a topic or a theme. And then there's a format. It's the way you choose to bring that story to life, such as through video, through audio, through written content or something else. So once you understand that, it becomes really easy for you to make a process and say, okay, so what will our focus be this time? And, you know, in the book, and, and we can chat about a few here, we run through 10 common, you know, focuses that you might choose, things like people or history or data uh, process. We, we walk through some of those. So you choose your focus. What are we going to focus on? And then you choose your format. Okay, what's the best way for us to bring that to life? And they're in that order on purpose. I think a lot of times when we don't have much experience in content creation, we start opposite and we say, okay, I need a, I need a video idea or I need an Instagram idea, right? We get really stuck on a particular format and sometimes we end up forcing stories that don't really fit uh, into a particular box. So you start with that focus, that's your step one. What are we gonna focus on? What is this content about? And then once you have the answer there of, of the story that you wanna tell, okay, ask yourself step two, what's the best way to bring that story to life? Is it through writing or audio or video or something else? I love that. I mean, because, you know, one, one it does, does definitely try to flip the model. I mean, because you're absolutely right. People say, I'm a great writer, so I'll write. Period. Done. End the story. I like podcasting. I listen to podcasts. Therefore, I'll do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right, right? <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, what's some of the common hurdles or struggles that you think when people come up with that actual focus part? Um, when, when they're like, okay, I know that, you know, we're, we're, let's just kind of stay with the healthcare model. And why should I talk about business? I'm not sure if that applies to my business, you, you know, like, yeah, you mind kind of talking about what's the right focus sure. for like businesses to kind of tap into maybe. Yeah, of course. So the good news is that you want to use a mix of different focuses. You don't want to get too stuck on one. Just like you said, you know, you, I'm good at podcasts or I'm good at writing. You get stuck into one. 
sometimes the same thing happens is on the focus side, right? Where we say, okay, I'm really good at writing about our employees. So we're just going to do an employee, employee profile every other day. Right. And that's only so compelling. That's only sharing one side of your story. So what we want to do is kind of find a mix. Now, I think people focused content, like the example I just mentioned, you know, talking about your employees is one of the, the really great places to start because it allows you to talk not only to people inside your organization, whether in our healthcare example, that might be your doctors, your nurses, you know, um, any of the practitioners that you have, your employees of any type, you could talk about your customers or your clients or your audience, whatever that term is for you, you know, the people who are receiving your products and services. You can talk about your community, your partners, your vendors, your providers. You know, there's so many different types of people that you could create content about that really demonstrate your values as an organization. And again, helps your audience see themselves in that content saying, oh, okay, I'm a new mom. That's content about a new mom who successfully used acupuncture. Then this must be a good fit for me now that I've seen some content relevant for me. So that people-focused content is a really good place to start. I think if you're new or you're looking for, you know, one place to focus your attention, that probably gives you the most breadth. You could talk about different types of people. Love that. Yeah, it's perfect. That's perfect, especially for the whole healthcare model. It's so, true. You know, you, you have obviously built out something that um, I think a lot of small businesses wish that they could put into their business, which is a systematic way to kind of train people up that doesn't require you to eat up, eat up lots of time off your clock. So do you yeah. mind talking about your business more? So let's talk about Story Fuel because yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's the right way to kind of go about looking at business as well. Of course. So, you know, I'm going to preface all of this by saying we're having this conversation in a COVID world, which is, you know, not the way we normally operate. So I'll try to talk about how we operate normally. And then I can even talk about a little bit about how we're trying to adjust. Yeah, please. The way things have changed. So um, a big part of our business, probably 30 to 40% of, of our revenue usually is things like trainings, workshops, and keynotes. So I do a lot of speaking at conferences, usually when I'm allowed to, right? When these events are happening. Um, you know, me and my team, we will, we will do corporate workshops for teams, teaching them how to use these kinds of principles to tell their story. We do a lot of trainings, workshops, all that kind of stuff, really focused on in-person, face-to-face, training people how to become more confident and creative storytellers. Um, obviously a big part of that is not possible right now. So that's been a challenge for us adjusting to, you know, a huge shift in that. And some of it has gone virtual. I'm sure we've all taken part in a good number of, you know, webinars and zoom calls, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not quite the same for us from a business perspective. Um, another part of the business is we also do coaching. Um, so we work one-on-one -on -one with individuals, whether that's through our mastermind, which is sort of a 12 week coaching program. Um, or, you know, one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching. So that's, that's a good part of our business as well. Um, we also do consulting. So some businesses that we work with, maybe we do a training for them, but they need some sort of ongoing help in implementing that. Um, or they need some ongoing help figuring out more who they are before we can get to the point of training the team on how to, how to share that. So we do some consulting as well. So those are probably some of the core pillars of our business. And then there are some, some mixed things as well. You know, with my background as a writer, I do also some some writing and freelance, you know, writing on the side still because it is my first love. Um, and uh, we wrote the book, obviously. So the, the book, we have book sales coming in and, and some some principles and products that are related to that on our website as well. So it's a it's a good mix. And I think it speaks to the point earlier about not putting all your eggs in one basket. If we were only doing speaking and training, then this whole time period would be a lot tougher for us because we would have lost everything, you know, and there are some trainers and, and speakers who are in that boat right now. We're really lucky that 
we have revenue spread across other activities like you know the the masterminds the coaching the consulting the books and other things absolutely absolutely i mean you know it's um it is challenging for a lot of for a lot of people that were used to doing face-to-face business and whether that's through yeah. you know is going on site how i normally do or you know having the speaking engagements and everything else i think that's a i mean i really kind of miss it too a little bit at, at first i do at first I was like, you know, I'm okay. You know, especially in March, I was like, cause, because I was traveling already, I was already kind of doing right. it. You know, like, oh yeah, you know, just take a month off. I sit back and enjoy the fam. Now I'm like, But as yeah. we get on month four and month five, you're like, hmm, airplane food sounds pretty good right about now. <laughs> I, want, I, want those peanuts. I want those peanuts back, man. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. so let's talk about the future for a little bit uh, and then we're about to wrap up because, you know, I know you guys got a brand new home and I want to give you guys time to kind of get settled in. But, That's you know, right. As far as the future when it comes to content marketing in this COVID world, and hopefully we'll move out of this world sometime in six to 18 months, who knows? But yeah. what's, your, what's your thoughts about putting a nice bow on a key takeaway about what content should do for like, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So one of the things that I think is really important for businesses, especially small businesses, to focus on in this near term before we're out of this COVID world that we're operating in is actually to think about process-focused content. And what I mean by that is any content that walks your audience through a process, teaches them how to do something, you know, coaches them through getting something done. And I'll give you an example. My guess is, Joe, you needed a haircut at some point. You and, and right someone now. in your household. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so my guess is so you, your, your, someone in your family or your household may have been looking up how to give haircuts, to yes. do a trim, right? It's, That's me. <laughs> there you go. So... Uh, that's a, a very basic example, but you know there are so many things that all of us are having to change about our habits, about our buying habits, about the things that we would normally outsource or hire or buy. We are now having to do ourselves to make ourselves and to fix ourselves. And so if your business can create content that continues to engage and help your consumers so that when the time comes, they're able to continue going to you, continue to working with you. Joe, imagine as you were trying to figure out how to do a haircut or your partner was trying to figure out how to do your haircut, a local barber was offering, you know, process-focused content, helping consultations on video, walking you through just a touch-up to keep it so that you're ready for when the haircut time is, is acceptable, right? Right. When, when the, the ban is lifted and you're able to go, you're going to go right back to that person who helped you when you were in a time of crisis. And so whether you're helping your audience maintain their product, maintain their health, fix something, adapt something, do something at home, improvise, whatever it is that you can help coach them through in this near term until life is back to air quotes normal, uh, now is the time where you create those really deep relationships with your audience with that process focused content so that they feel uh, a strong kinship to you. This is someone who helped me. This is someone who cares about me. This is an organization that wants me to succeed and do my best and be my best. As soon as they're able to, they're going to want to give that gratitude back with their continued business because you really help them through that tough time. So if you need one thing to focus on in this, this particular time of uncertainty, that process-focused content is going to be where to go. And if you don't trust my word for it, uh, you can take a look at Google Trends and you'll see that right around the second week of March, around the 13th or 15th, searches for things like tutorial, DIY, how-to, instructions, all took a sharp increase and have pretty much maintained that increase through to today. So, you know, people are looking for this type of content. Now is, is a great time for you to be teaching your audience. It's perfect. It's a perfect way to summarize it, guys. I mean, like, honestly, that is killer 
killer takeaway. I mean, because, you know, everyone is looking and, and you know, um, content can be challenging, but man, we're also capable of doing it. I mean, once you get out there and you, and you start doing it on a regular basis, it's crazy how, how many different ideas you can really come up with. So Melanie, this has been, this has been an awesome conversation. And, and, you, and you know, I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole process of, of, of trying to figure out how to do things, it's just like, it could be so simple to you, but man, it could be like, it could be like climbing a mountain for like somebody else, you know? So. Right. That's right. I want well, to give you one. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say the example I always give is we've all had, whether it's you or your kids, right? Or some kids that you were in charge of at some point got mesmerized by the guy spinning the pizza dough, right? Yeah. That yeah. guy standing there or making pretzels, you watch them do that. Yeah. It's such a simple thing and they do it hundreds, if not thousands of times a day, but we can't do it. And so we're mesmerized. Wow. How do they do that? Throwing the dough or, you know, spinning it and making the pretzels. So, you know, it might seem silly to you. It might seem like nothing, but that's only because you do it all the time. It's your superpower and you don't even know it. So don't be afraid to share that with others. They're going to be, you know, they're going to see value in being able to try to uh, absorb some of that superpower from you. I got one more revenue stream idea for your business. Let's do it. You know, I think you should totally help small business owners hire other journalists. That sounds great. I would love to help that. (laughs) You could train train them up and then after that, you could free them out to the world. I mean, because it is something that I think that journalists have this insight that business people are just so excess and like, oh, are they really focusing on what they know? And they're not thinking about this as full landscape. So just uh, my little two cents or one definitely cent well if you're <laughs> if you're not going to work with me on that <laughs> then there are definitely some services out there that might be able to help you i highly recommend hiring a, a former journalist uh you know a, a freelancer to help you do this stuff because you're absolutely right joe their their instinct is spot on for finding good stories for improvising for working on deadline and taking feedback from editors right they're they're the perfect partners to help you create this content and tell these stories so a tool like contently um, con- it's content, but with LY. So look up contently. Um, they have a service where they can help match you with different writers who may be able to help you. You could put up a, a listing for, you know, a, a freelance hire and state that you're looking for journalism experience, you know, through LinkedIn or monster.com or indeed, or any of these, uh, sites, definitely look for those journalists because they're going to be able to help you tell your story in totally new ways. You're just giving away too much, too much free game right here, Melanie. <laughs> I got to have to stop you because people need to work with you. First <laughs> That's what we're going to focus on. So, I mean, guys, honestly, bare minimum, I have my book on the way, content, fuel, framework. Don't play yourself. Go out and get the book. Check it out. If you're struggling, <laughs> please tell everybody how to find you if you don't mind, Melanie. Yeah, so you can learn more about the book at contentfuelframework.com. So you'll learn there's different places you could buy the book if you want the ebook version or the print version. Um, We've got both of those available. There's also a companion workbook. So I know that sometimes reading the book is one thing, but then turning it into action is another thing. Um, So there's a companion workbook. You'll find the information on that same link, contentfuelframework.com. And that's got literally hundreds and hundreds of prompts. So if if that's more your style to sort of fill in the blank and answer those questions to find those ideas, we can help you there too. So check that out. Uh, And storyfuel.co, so it's .co, not .com, but it's storyfuel.co is where you could learn all about our team, what we do, how you could work with us, all the different ways uh, we can help you figure out how to tell your story better. I love it, I love it. So I'll have all those links in the actual show notes. And you know what, thank you again for taking a moment on a Friday morning so we can talk. Hopefully you guys love the brand new home that you guys are in and love the neighborhood and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're, we're settling in and I really appreciate the chance to, to come here and share my story.
Boom, it's out. Boom. So hopefully you guys really enjoyed that conversation with Melanie Diesel. I think she's loaded with information and I'm just finishing up her book. But if you made it to this part, I want to congratulate you and I want to send you my PDF copy of How to Launch Your Own Interview-Based Podcast. So if you made it this far, please hit me up and shoot me over an email at info at salesculture.work. That's info at salesculture.work. And I'll even jump on the horn with you real quick for like 15 minutes or whatever. Just to answer any questions about equipment, getting it set up, process, thoughts, whatever. That's what I like to do. So um, hit me up, man. And appreciate you guys listening. And stay tuned for more episodes.